Flight control, countdown confirmed. Auto sequence start in five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, everybody, to the Everyday Manager podcast series. I'm your host, Steve Steele. Uh, it's wonderful today to have uh, Chloe Lynn with us. Uh, she is our guest that's being interviewed today, uh, and she's here to uh, talk with us on all things leadership and management. Uh, Chloe has a wealth of knowledge, expertise, and experience in many different areas, um, and she's held uh, management and leadership roles across her career so far, but I'm not going to go into too much depth. I'm going to hand over to Chloe and let her um, com- you know, complete the, the rest of her own bio. Um, so over to you, Chloe. Welcome and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Steve. It's lovely to be here and talk to you this morning. Um, look, a little bit about me. I actually have quite an interesting background and I've done a couple of different things in my time. Um, I actually started out in the workforce when I was 14 and I think it was really obvious to me straight away that I loved a challenge and um, really loved to sort of introduce change and introduce structure. So I sort of found myself leaning towards those behaviours in every role that I took. Actually, the first role that I ever had in the workplace was managing a box room. So that was something that wasn't too stimulating, but something that I really took courage of and and, and took a lot of pride in doing. Um, so during that time, I, I completed some studies. So I've got a bachelor degree in psychological science and an honours degree in psychological science. And I graduated uni sort of feeling like, what do I do now with my time? And what do I do in the workforce and feeling a little bit lost? And actually, the very first opportunity that I got in the full-time workforce was as a volunteer. Um, I volunteered for an organisation that was a non-for-profit employment services provider. So at that time, you could still volunteer. And that's what I did. I did that two days a week. And I supported job seekers with things like resumes and cover letters. And I did that for a number of months and really, really enjoyed my time there. And before long, um, they actually had a job interview as an employment consultant. And I put my hand up for that. And I remember calling the manager at that time and saying to her, I just want you to know that you may have some other applicants for this job that have got better experience than me. They're already working in this industry, but I want you to know that nobody will work harder for you than I will. And she she laughed. I think she laughed at how bored I was and and she agreed and said, look, I know that. So um, I'm eager to interview. And I, I did a really great interview and I got that job. And I think I was in that role for about 11 months before I was promoted into my very first management gig. I was 22 years old wow. um, yeah, in employment services. And, you know, and I think and it was such a challenging time, I remember, at that time because we were just about to go through a contract transition. So I learned a lot about myself in that time. I spent a couple of years as a business manager then in employment services for a couple of different providers before I thought to myself and reflected and and really, really sort of got back down to the bare bones of who, who I was and what I wanted to do. And I thought I really do want to get back down to basics and complete the psychological degree that I'd started. So I spent some time as a psychologist, again, still in the realm of employment services, 
Um, before long, I found myself leading again as a regional manager and provisional psychologist. And, you know, as you do over your career, it really enabled me to hone in on some of the skills that I I think that I hold dear to my heart, which is engaging with people and relationship management. And that landed me where I am now, which is in a state partnerships role. So what I do now is I engage with high-level contacts, high-level senior leaders for organisations, and I manage those key relationships. Um, I talk to them about what their needs are, what their pain points are, and my job is to make sure that we meet all of those needs and that we we work collaboratively for a really profitable partnership. Brilliant. Wow. Thank you. Um, look, there's some information there that I didn't even know about you. So that's, uh, you have had quite the journey, <laughs> quite the journey uh, across um, yes. different industries, which is, which is brilliant. Um, I think that the first question I've got for you, uh, let's go back to um, your very first management role uh, that you mentioned when you were 22 years old. What was it like in your, in that management role that you had first up? Because at 22, wow, what, what, a, what a challenge um, because at that age, hey, we've all been 22, most of us listening, and, um, you know, they were interesting times in all of our lives, but taking on the challenge of having mm-hmm. to lead people and processes and systems and a part of a business must have been uh, a mountain to climb. So tell us more about that and uh, what your experience was in your first management role. Look, you're right. It was, as I reflect upon it now, that time, it it was such a mixed time. It was a time of great excitement for me. I knew that leadership was something that I wanted to step into. Like anything in life, there's never really a right time. You just take the leap and learn as you go. And certainly that experience for me was a sink or swim experience. And, you know, and I think one of the key takeaways for me in in that first experience as a new and emerging leader was really trying to align my thoughts about what being a leader meant to me and how I envisioned being a leader versus how to apply that in practice. You know, as you pointed out, being 22, it's a hard age. It's It's a coming of age time in life. And as I stepped into that role, there were one lady in particular, actually, I remember her well, she had been in employment services almost as long as I had been alive. (laughs) So, you know, you can imagine how confronting that is to, to step into that role confidently and lead a team that had such strong experience and, and by, by no, no means was I the most experienced person or knowledgeable person in the room. And I think that that really, that really helped me to reflect on what it was that I was there to do. And I was there to lead that team. I wasn't there to be the expert on everything, to be the subject matter expert. It wasn't, it wasn't a matter for me to be the most innovative person in the room or, or anything like that. Really, the, the purpose of, of my place in that team was to leverage the unique skills and abilities of everyone in that team, to hone in on those skills, bring them together and 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 ultimately bring about high performance in a team and a, and a great team culture. And actually that that lady um, that had all of that work experience, she retired not, not too long into my work with her. I think we got to work together about six months. And I'll never forget that when she was retiring, she turned to me and said, you know, I've been in the workplace a long time. I think she was nearly 70 when she retired. And she said to me, I just want you to know you're the best leader I've ever had. 
And that was just such an incredible, flattering compliment. And, and to get that sort of feedback so early in my career really propelled me forward and really motivated me, um, you know, in this journey in management to know that this is the right place, this is where I'm meant to be. I'm not getting it right all of the time, um, but I really, really have enjoyed management. And that, that first experience, while it was mixed, and I can assure you I probably got it wrong a lot more than I got it right, um, I had a really good time. Oh, and I think um, it sounds like uh, to get feedback like that from, you know, somebody that is older, more experienced and probably has more expertise in that area of trade that you're working in, to get that must have given you a hell of a lot of confidence. I I, I do reflect back at times and I think um, I wasn't quite as young as you. My first management gig, I was 23. But um, (laughs) I, 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 I remember and recall I didn't know how to lead or how to manage and all that I thought my job was to do was to be the expert at everything and, you know, and the old, mm. if you want something done, right, do it yourself. And, and and that's the way I approached it. So for listening to you, for, for you to have such a level head on your shoulders at such a young age, it's quite inspiring. So, um, so, so no, thank you for sharing that. Uh, that leads me on to my next question. Uh, do you think there is a difference between leadership and management? And if there is, what is that difference? Look, yes, I I do believe strongly that there is a difference between a leader and a manager. And actually, there's a phrase that really sums that up nicely for me. And that phrase is that leadership is a behaviour and management is a process. So in that sense, you know, for me, management is very process orientated. It doesn't seek change. It doesn't leverage the unique abilities of the team at hand. But in saying that, for me, there's always a place for management in my view. There's always going to be contexts or situations in which I think management is necessary. Um, Leadership, on the other hand, is very complex. And, you know, yourself, Steve, if you think to yourself about um, if you've ever known or experienced a really good leader, you'll probably find that they're actually quite hard to put into words to explain fully what it was about them that made them great. And so I think leadership is inherently inspiring, it's empowering, it leverages and enhances the unique capabilities of the team and it seeks out necessary change. You know, they say the most powerful leadership tool that you can have is your own personal example. And I think that's the key difference in leadership and management, that a manager tells and a leadership, a leader does. Yes, yes. That's very interesting. It's, um, one way I've always thought about it, or somebody told me, or maybe it was someone famous, and I've read it somewhere, but um, what did they say? Uh, a manager lights the fire under staff members' feet and the leader ignites mm-hmm. the fire within. <laughs> so yes. sort of that that concept, what you're getting at there is, is um, you know, a leader is, is 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 the doer, and they'll say, "Come with me," approach rather than push you to to where you need to go. So, oh, very very good uh, explanation on on your view there. Thank you for that. Let's move into the space of where you are working currently: uh, partnerships mm-hmm. management, relationship management. I've always thought, you know, people have said to me uh, over different times, you know, you've had Steve, you've had a, this management role or that leadership role. How do, you, how do you do your job? What are the, the skill sets that, that you have? And I usually say, oh, mm. not that intelligent, no more than anybody else. <laughs> uh, but, you 
you know, I, I don't may not have as much years of experience and wealth of knowledge like everybody else. But the thing that I've always done my best with is to try and build really strong relationships and rapport with people at any level. Um, so I'm really keen to uh, to find out a little bit more insight from you on that because this is your area of expertise. So why is relationship management skills so important for a new manager or a first-time manager to develop? Yes, you are so right in pointing out that relationship management skills are really, really vital. And you know, and I think as I as I think about not just the role that I'm in now in in accounts management and partnership management, but any role actually that I've ever had, whether that be my roles in sales, my roles in in recruitment, in business management, you know, there's always internal and external stakeholders. So you know that extends not just to the people that you're working alongside or that you deliver a service to but also those external stakeholders that deliver a service to you. And I think what really good leaders and relationship managers do well is that they acknowledge that every business relationship is a partnership. When you you conceptualise your relationships that way, what that means for you is that you'll get the most out of your business relationship if you consider it in that really collaborative sense So that really means working together. It means working constructively and it means harnessing what both parties have to offer to maximise that relationship, whether you be the person who's delivering that service or receiving the service. So I think, in my view, that's what's really important for new and emerging leaders and and relationship managers to consider that no matter what end of the spectrum you sit on in terms of your stakeholder management and engagement, um, consider how those relationships are a partnership. Mm, no, yeah, very good point. Very good point. Uh, there's been times over the years I, I've looked to you know leaders and organisations that I've worked for, or you know just in general mm. out, out in, in, in society, and I sit there and think to myself, how did they get to where they are? Because mm. they have very poor relationship or rapport building skill sets where, you know, they must be the exception, the 1%, because 99% surely if you have good relationship and and rapport skill, uh, rapport building skill sets, which is what you're saying, is is what a first-time manager is going to need uh, when they tackle any role they have. Mm. 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 You're absolutely right. And I think for me, you know, again, being on, on, having been someone who sat on all ends of the spectrum I think where I often see leaders fall down is where they are, their approach in their partnership and relationship management changes depending on who those stakeholders are. So often that means for them that they might have quite a um, quite a strong um, relationship with somebody who they see as beneficial to them. But if there's somebody who, for example, might be an external stakeholder, somebody who's providing a service to them, you know, where I see them fall down often is that that relationship is not treated with the same level of respect. And, you know, early in my career, somebody gave me the advice, which was, you just never know when you're going to see somebody again. (laughs) Um, And I, I remember banking that a piece of advice and carrying that with me and, and certainly in the work that I do now, I always consider that 
um, you know, you never know when these individuals, no matter what level of the organisation they're at, where they're going to pop up again in your professional career. And so if you're somebody who conducts yourself with the utmost care and respect in your relationships on all levels, I think you set yourself up for success in the long term. Yes, yeah, no, you, you're spot on. I, I agree. Um, yeah, the old don't burn your bridges, eh? Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, it's good advice. I sometimes, I, there's been many times I thought, gosh, I wish I could go and do that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> if only. If I win the lotto, this might be a bridge I'll burn. That's right. <laughs> uh, look, a question about you specifically uh, in regards to, I'm really keen to, to hear what, what your thoughts are on this. What would be your top three leadership traits that you would recommend to a new manager? Top three, look, I think for me the top three uh, leadership traits that I would suggest an emerging leader really hone in on and, and, and focus on as, as they work on themselves as new managers is firstly communication. So say what you mean and mean what you say and say it clearly. Delegate without micromanaging. I think delegation is a really key tool. And certainly, you know, as we were reflecting earlier on your early career as a management, Steve, and and and, and trying to assert yourself as the expert on, on all things and, and sort of let me do it because I know I'll do it right. I think new and emerging leaders, um, if they can really hone in on, on perfecting that skill of delegating without micromanaging so that's that's got an element of trust built into it I think that that's a really really key skill mm. as a new manager and I think the third um, most important leadership trait would be problem solving you know I think if, if we think about the couple of years that we've all just gone through COVID's really brought to light the term to pivot quote unquote and so I think for me what that means is that in life, in work, things will go wrong. And emerging leaders should really focus on how to think on their feet and how to, quote, unquote, pivot when they need to. Yep. If I recap that, communication, um, delegate without micromanaging and problem solving, pivoting on your feet when you need to. Uh, Those are three fantastic uh, leadership traits. I I recall um, uh, having a... A coach uh, a few moons back, uh, he he was quite high up. He was a, a brigadier general uh, in in the uh, in the mm. army. He said the most important thing that he found when he was on the ground in, in war was communication. Um, and mm-hmm. he just and I said, really, like you know, as a leader, he said, yeah. He said, if if nobody knows what's going on, if no one's getting the correct message or the right mm. message, he said, everything falls apart. So it's interesting mm. that you selected communication there. Um, delegate without micromanaging. Yeah, yeah, it, it's easy for mm. a leader or manager or first-time manager to just automatically go to the micromanagement space. Uh, as, uh, mm. as I've mentioned before, that was certainly my go-to back early on. Uh, and some would uh, would accuse me of even today. <laughs> uh, but the third one is, is the one I like the most, um, problem solving or being able to pivot on your feet when you need to um, because, uh, you know, being able to, to adapt 
when problems uh, arrive is is critical, I think. Yeah, adapt and adopt. Um, so, wow, okay, three very good leadership traits. Thank you for sharing those. Um, who would be your favourite leader of all time? They could be famous, not famous, whatever. Um, who stands out for you? Or one of each if you have one. It's up to you. Look, I've actually got a really, really amazing leader in my mind and probably my most favourite leader would actually be my mother. I think she is the best leader I've ever come across in, in my personal and professional life. You know, as I reflect on, on who she is as a person, um, you know, personally and professionally, I've watched her, you know, take on the role as, as the head of our family and indirectly, you know, in the course of my life, I've watched her lead in all of her professional roles. And whenever I seek advice on how to tackle a situation appropriately, how to manage a really challenging situation, or if I need a really innovative idea, she is the first person I go to. And I know that she leads by example. I know that there's no one working for her who is working harder than she is. And I think that's what makes her a great leader. And and having that example set for me over the courses of my life, I think has really set me on that trajectory in the career that I I hold now, I think, and personally, certainly in the way that I I support my family. She she's the greatest leader I've ever known, and I I hope to be half the leader she is in my career. Wonderful! What an answer! I, first person that's uh, ever given me that answer. Their mum. You can imagine the people that I talk to. They'll, they'll say, "Oh yeah, Richard Branson," or that's uh, right, Elon Musk, and these sorts of types. But that's that's fantastic. And look, the way you explain it there, I think you're spot on. Um, most uh, mothers, uh, they don't have a choice. Uh, in, in, in the no. home office, they have to lead from the front from the second the child's born. Mm. They've got no option. They're thrust into leadership. Um, and you're right. There are yeah. a lot of crossover skill sets that map from, you know, the home office to the work office, mm. as I call mm. it. And I think there's a hell of a lot to learn. And, you know, probably in my opinion, you'll learn more from, you know, leaders that, you know, like yours, uh, like your mother, mm. uh, you'll learn more from those leaders than you will sort of admiring or idolising any of those leaders that uh, you, you see or read about in the papers, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So great answer. Wow, mm. I've never had that before. So, um, yeah, no, look, I, I can certainly see why you would uh, would give that answer. I, I, I know your mum. So, uh, yes. <laughs> I, 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 can, I know you know her, I can yes. I that all of that is true and correct. <laughs> so, That's right. And I'll be sure to bring this up on Mother's Day <laughs> for extra bonus credits. <laughs> That's right. Um, look, last question for you, Chloe. Um, what advice do you have for new managers starting out in their first management roles? Gosh, what a time to be alive when you're starting your first ever management role. I think if I could give anybody who's an emerging leader some advice, it would be don't be afraid to seek advice from your peers. You have a lot to learn as a new leader. And and I think certainly sometimes as people we can get caught up in the concept that we've been given this role and we're sort of assumed to know exactly what we should be doing um, as we step into it for the first time. But 
really I think where you'll do well is if you actively seek feedback in those early years and take it on constructively. I think if I could give another piece of advice, it would be to leverage your strengths as a person to engage your team and be a really effective leader. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you're funny, don't be afraid to harness that and and bring up the energy of your team if you're funny. Um, You know, if you're really innovative, use it to create positive change in the workplace. Don't feel that becoming a leader means that you have to become a completely different person with a completely different persona. Harness the great things about you and use them to create a really positive working environment. So if I could give any advice, that would be it. Wonderful. Fantastic. Well, there you have it. Uh, new and emerging managers and leaders across industries. Um, there's some advice from Chloe Lynn. Um, I would definitely be taking that on board. Uh, I, I, I truly think you know, everything that you've spoken to us about today, Chloe, is, uh, is fantastic advice, um, which, which I really encourage people to, to take on board, and it's been fantastic. Thank you. A big, big thank you to you, Chloe, today for uh, for joining me today on the Everyday Manager podcast series. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, to have you on as a guest and um, and to have a, again, some insight into your expertise, experience and knowledge on the topic of leadership and, and management. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight. And to uh, any listeners out there, uh, thank you for joining us again on the Everyday Manager podcast series. As mentioned, I'm your host, Steve Steele, and I look forward to uh, uh, speaking with you all very soon. Thank you.